in the Old Testament. And we'll start in verse 5. Just a, a quick recap as to what's gone on to get us to this point. God's people had been overtaken some years before this by the Babylonians, and they had been kind of scattered all throughout the land, far and wide. And and here, by the time we get to the time of, of Esther in these events, the Medo-Persians are the, are the power that's ruling a large port of, uh, portion of that land. And uh, the king there at the time is King Ahasuerus. Uh, some of your translations may say Xerxes, the same, same person. And, and they were having this big, huge feast, and the king had called for his queen Vashti to come, and she refused. And so uh, he and his, his, his officials decided to get rid of Queen Vashti and to replace her with a new queen. And so a lot of the uh, young women in the, in the land were gathered up and they went through all these beauty treatments so that a new queen could be selected. And lo and behold, of all the people in the land who could have been selected to be the new queen, it was a girl by the name of Esther. And what made Esther unique is that she was a Jewish girl. And so here's this Jewish girl in this foreign land, but, but God showed favor on her and granted her favor with all the other people in the land. It seemed like throughout the story, everybody that Esther encountered, uh, she gained favor with them. And that's what we see often with God's people throughout God's word is that God is with his people in, in the craziest circumstances and situations and still can use his people to do mighty works. And we don't want to miss that point as we read through this story. And, and here uh, Queen Esther has, has, has risen to be queen and, and she was raised by a cousin by the name of Mordecai who had taken care of Esther. Her parents had died and, and Mordecai had raised her and he had kind of, kind of guided her and helped her to know what to do and she had listened to him and followed his guidance. And we were introduced to a new character after we saw Esther become queen, a man by the name of Haman. And the text isn't really clear on this, but it seems as though there's some tension between Haman and the Jewish people. And when Mordecai received this order that he was supposed to bow down before Haman, a, a man that the king had raised to a higher position of power, Mordecai refused to do that. And, and it enraged Haman. And Haman discovered that Mordecai was a Jew. And so Haman came up with a plan. Well, I will destroy Haman, or excuse me, I will destroy Mordecai, but not only Mordecai, I will destroy all of the Jews. And so he presented this plan before the king, and he said, Hey, king, there's some, some foreigners in the land, and their ways aren't like our ways, and we need to get rid of them. And when we get rid of them, I'll make sure to, to give the king a lot of money. The kingdom's going to get a lot of money from this. And so the king agreed, hey, do whatever you want to, Haman. And so Haman sent out a decree throughout the land, and he said all the people, uh, the Jewish people, are to be killed on this certain day. Now you can imagine the fear that they had when they heard this news when these decrees began to pop up in all these different parts of the land. And when Mordecai heard the news, he was heartbroken. He was afraid as well as the other people. And Mordecai began to fast and began to weep and, and dress himself in sackcloth and ashes. And that's what we talked about week before last. We talked about this idea of, of we need to go to God in our times of sorrow, in our times of need. We need to go to God in our time of repentance. And, and there needs to be a, a change. And that's, that's oftentimes what we see sackcloth and ashes and mourning and weeping and fasting associated with, either a time of loss or a time of repentance in the Scripture. 
And so here we see Mordecai is in this time of deep mourning, this time of seeking the Lord. And that's what fasting should be for us. Not just a change of our diet or a change of our habits, but a change of our heart in a time that we seek God. And that's what we see Mordecai doing. And today we see, we pick up from there. And we see Esther's response. She heard these things. She heard what Mordecai was doing and knew what was going on. And in the passage today, we see that, that Esther is going to inquire a, a little more about the things that have taken place up to this point. So uh, let's pray, and we're going we're gonna to jump in. Father God, we thank you that we can come here today and we can read your word and know your word. I pray that you just help it to speak to us this morning that we'd grow from it, that we'd get something out of it, and that, that, that there's something that goes on in this, this passage, God, that your Holy Spirit will help to apply to our life. Help us to be focused right now, dear Lord, to listen to what your Word says. I pray that you speak through me and to these people and hide me behind the cross, that you're glorified in everything that's discussed here today. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. All right, Esther chapter 4, verse 5. Esther summoned Hathak, one of the king's eunuchs, assigned to her, and dispatched him to Mordecai to learn what he was doing and why. So Hathak went out to Mordecai in the city square in front of the king's gate. Mordecai told him everything that had happened, as well as the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay the royal treasury for the slaughter of the Jews. Mordecai also gave him a copy of the written decree issued in Susa, ordering their destruction so that Hathak might show it to Esther explain it to her, and command her to approach the king, implore his favor, and plead with him personally for his people. Hathak came and repeated Mordecai's response to Esther. So Esther is trying to figure out what's going on, and Mordecai uh, tells, tells this servant of Esther, who's, who's, who's there with Esther, a servant of the king, that Esther sends out, he says, hey, here's what's going on. He, he said, look, this is, the, this is the decree, this is the command that went out, that Haman is going to have all these Jewish people killed. Now, Mordecai was a Jew, and Esther was a Jew. And this was a, this was a problem, because a law of the Medes and Persians, as we see in Scripture, is a law that is irrevocable. So once this has been put into place, it cannot be changed by the king. And so even his own queen was going to be in danger. Why? Because she was one of the Jewish people that Haman hated and wanted to destroy. And so Mordecai explains all of these things to Hathak, who's going to take this, this information back to Esther. And what is the hope? What does what is, what is Mordecai want? He's hoping that, that, that the queen may, may get the ear and get the attention of the king to let him know what's going on, that maybe in some way she can intervene in this plot, this evil plot that Haman has come up with. So let's see Esther's response as we continue to read along in verse 10. Esther spoke to Hathak and commanded him to tell Mordecai, all the royal officials and the people of the royal province know that the law applies to every man or woman who approaches the king in the inner courtyard and who has not been summoned, the death penalty. Only if the king extends the gold scepter will that person live. I have not been summoned to appear before the king for the last 30 days. Esther's response was reported to Mordecai. So now Esther has a decision to make. She knows what's going on. She knows that the Jewish people are in danger, herself included. Now, 
it, at this point, it doesn't appear that, that, that it is known that Esther is a Jew. Now, Haman may have figured that out, being a relative or Mordecai, or maybe that was unknown or those connections hadn't been made. But uh, whether Esther's identity as a Jew was known at this point or not is really hard for us to know. Perhaps the king knew it. Perhaps the king didn't know it. But if it was unknown or known, there was coming a point that it probably would come out if it wasn't known at this point, and Esther would be in jeopardy. All the men and the women would be in jeopardy. And so Mordecai's uh, 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 desire when he gave this information to Esther was that she would go before the king. But Esther says, hold up, I can't go before the king because everybody knows that there's a law, that you don't go before the king unless you are summoned. Now, it's kind of a contrast from what we see at the beginning of the book. What was the problem with Queen Vashti? She wouldn't come when she was summoned, and therefore that's, that's what caused to her punishment and her being removed as queen. She wouldn't come when she was supposed to. But here, uh, this could result in, in some bad things for, for Esther if she came when she wasn't supposed to. And so the king had to, had to summon you to come before him. He had to extend his scepter and say, I want, I want the queen to come into my presence. And so she couldn't just go in there because what does she say could happen if she just goes in there? The death penalty if you appear before the king without being summoned. So Esther now has a, a, a choice to make. She has a, a decision, decision that, she, that she must make. Okay, all of these people, God's people, the Jewish people here, are in jeopardy. They are going to be killed. Now, now, maybe if her identity is not known at this point, if she just doesn't respond or say anything, maybe she can slip under the radar and she won't be killed. But, but even if that's true, well, the rest of the Jewish people are still going to be killed. So, so it may be possible that she could slip by and save her own life, but, but the rest of the folks would die. But the likelihood is that she was probably going to die either way. And so she has to weigh this. Man, if I go before the king, I could, I could be killed on the spot. And so she has, a, she has a tough choice to make. Will I stand up for God's people or will I not? Will I shrink back? Will I be afraid? Now, this, this decision that she has to make really is, is not so different from the choice that Jesus Christ had to make. Because here we are, all of us, not just people of Israel, not just people with Jewish blood, but all people and all of the earth and all the history of the world, we are in danger of death for the wages of sin is death. Now, we have a physical death, but, but we need to think about that in, in a little bigger scale in, in terms of a spiritual death, in terms of being separated from God and, and, and suffering that eternal punishment because of our sinfulness, that, that spiritual death, that second death, which is far worse than the first death that we experience. And so, and so we as sinners, and every one of us in this room is a sinner, you and me and everybody else that you know, we're sinners and we are doomed to that, to that death, not just death in this world, but that spiritual death. We are, we are in trouble. But there was one who could come and who could, who, could, who could stand in for us and take that punishment for us, and that one was Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus chose to come. He wasn't forced to come, but Jesus Christ, the Son of God, chose to come. He was there in a perfect place with the Lord. And he looked down at this place at all the junk that we got here. And Jesus could have said, no way, I'm not going to do it. I see their sins. I see their rottenness. 
I know that they're just going to continue to do evil and evil and evil and evil and evil year after year after year. Jesus could have said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to put myself in harm's way for that bunch of sinners. But praise the Lord, Jesus did not do that. That's why we're here today. And so Jesus came. And so Jesus was faithful to God the Father. And Jesus served and Jesus began to preach and he began to teach and he began to show compassion on people. And he began to touch people and to heal them and to speak the word and to heal people and to let people know that he is the way. Follow me. I am the gate into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has come near. Enter into that kingdom. Jesus was the king of the kingdom. And he came and he preached to the people and he healed the people. And he tried to lead the people into the kingdom of God. But by doing so, Jesus put himself in harm's way. And by doing so, Jesus knew what was going to occur. There was going to be the beatings and the mockings and the crown of thorns. And ultimately, he would be nailed to a cross and he would be killed. But he had that decision to make, right? Am I going to make a decision to stand up for the rest of these people that I love so that they can be God's people? And I will take their punishment. I will put my life on the line to save the life of another. And that's what Jesus did for us. And that's what Jesus calls us to do. There's no greater love than that that somebody lay down his life for a friend. And so that's what Jesus did. He made that tough choice to say, I'm going to serve the Father. I'm going to suffer so that others may can be saved. And they may can be saved. We all can be saved, but only if we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And not everybody does that, but I hope you do that. And Esther has kind of a similar choice here. Here's God's people. Here's innocent people that, 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 that could be delivered, possibly, if she would speak up. But... If she does that, she's putting herself in danger. She may have to suffer. So what is she going to do? She can't, she can't go before the king. So she has to send this word back to Mordecai. Look, I haven't been summoned in 30 days. I hadn't been summoned. I can't just bebop in there for the king. I might get killed. So she sends the message back to Mordecai. And in verse 13, Mordecai told the messenger to reply to Esther. Don't think that you will escape the fate of all the Jews because you are in the king's palace. All right, so maybe, just maybe, Esther did think that. Maybe she thought, I'll, I'll keep my identity secret, or even if it's found out, I mean, I'm the, I'm the queen, surely I'll be okay. And Mordecai points out to her when he sends word back to her, he says, look, don't think just because you're in the palace that you're going to escape this. And so he's letting her know, look, not only are all of, all of the rest of the Jewish people in danger, you are in danger too, Esther. And then in verse 14, he said, If you keep silent at this time, liberation and deliverance will come to the Jewish people from another place. But you and your father's house will be destroyed. Now, we've talked about this a couple of times in the, passage, uh, in the book of Esther. And what's quite interesting in the book of Esther is that God is never mentioned. But yet we see these coincidences, if we can call them that, where it seems clear that God is at work and putting things into place and putting people where they need to be at just the right place at just the right time. And, and God is not mentioned in this passage, but yet Mordecai still believes that God's deliverance will come, that God has not forgotten his people, that God will deliver his people. And he says, look, Esther, you have an opportunity to act for the Lord here and to save God's people, but even if you don't, God will still deliver his people. 
Even if, even if you're not willing to do this, God will still deliver his people. And it may lead to your death and downfall and, all, and your relatives and your father's house. You may be destroyed and maybe other Jewish people will be destroyed in this. But God ultimately will deliver his people. Now this is important for us to consider in our life. Because maybe there are things that God is calling you to do. Maybe opportunities that God is calling you to take to serve him for the furthering of his kingdom, and maybe you've, you've served God in those ways he's called you to. But maybe also you've missed some opportunities, opportunities that God wanted you to serve, and you, and you pass those opportunities by. Now, just because we don't do what God calls us to do does not mean that God's plans are going to be thwarted. Praise the Lord, God's plans do not depend on us. Praise the Lord, he doesn't say, all right, I call he or she to do it, and if you don't do it, then all of my plans are going to be messed up. Now, God does call us to do things, and isn't it better when we do what God calls us to do? Wouldn't it be better for you to do what God has called you to do than for, for you to say, God, I'm not going to do it, and he have to call somebody else? I mean, that's a bad deal, right? I mean, God may want to use you, but sometimes we don't let him, and sometimes he has to use other people. And that's a tragedy when God wants to use us, but we fail him, and he has to use other people. And so Esther had a choice to make, okay? God's still going to be victorious. God's will is still going to be done. God's still going to deliver his people. But Esther, you have a chance to be the one that God uses, and so do you and I today. You have a chance to be the, God, the one that God uses in this world today. In what way is he going to use you? I don't know. You may say, well, I can't preach. Well, praise the Lord. God uses a lot of people. There's more ways that God can use people than preaching, praise the Lord. He can use a, a, a foreign girl in a foreign land who's been captured by an enemy and bring her up into the kingship to have a voice for him. Look, God can use you, and God wants to use you in some way in some way that you may consider to be small, right? We may say, well, there's this little thing I can do, but, but I can't do anything that really matters. I can't preach or teach or be a missionary. Well, we mess up when we say those things because, because we begin to label areas of service to God as big and small, and they are all big in the kingdom of God. Whatever little thing that you can do is a, is a good thing if it's what God called you to. You don't know what kind of little things that we do that may have a big impact in the kingdom of God. And so here Esther has an opportunity to speak up and to be bold for God's people. Would she do it? What about you? Do you have an opportunity today that God is convicting you of, has placed on your heart, has burdened you with, has given you a passion for, and and maybe if we're honest, we can say we've, we've missed some of those opportunities and we can't get them back. But we can, we can act on those opportunities we have today. And so Mordecai t tells Esther, look, you may fail, but God's, God's plan is going to succeed. And wouldn't it be better if God's plan succeeds with us being obedient to him and not being too afraid to step up? And so Esther has a choice to make. And Mordecai says in the second part of that verse, he says, who knows, perhaps you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Now that's probably the, the most well-known verse in, in the book of Esther. Who knows, perhaps you have come to this position as queen for such a time as this. Now we see that language in the scriptures. We see it 
in the story of, of Jonah, when, when uh, the king of Assyria, of Nineveh, whenever he tells the people, look, this, this condemnation has been brought before us. We need, to, we need to fast and sit in sackcloth and ashes, and we need to repent. Who knows? Maybe God will relent. We see the same type of language in Joel chapter 2, that we need to repent of our sins, and we need to turn our hearts to God, that our hearts need to change. Who knows? God may show mercy on us. We see that same type of language. Who knows? Who knows why things have happened the way they have in your life? Who knows why you are here where you are right now? Who knows why this has happened this week or this has happened uh, next, that'll happen next week or something has been done or said or will happen or has happened? Who knows? Who knows why you're going through the illness that you're going through? Who knows why you've suffered the loss that you've suffered? Who knows why you're in Enterprise Baptist Church this morning? Who knows why you're at the job that you're at? Who knows why you're at the school that you're at? Who knows why you're around the people that you are around? Who knows why you ran into that person you haven't seen in forever? Who knows why they reached out to you on Facebook? Who knows why these things have occurred in your life? And you say, well, these things are just coincidences. Well, maybe they are. But who knows? Maybe they are God. Who knows? Maybe these things that are happening in your life today have happened for such a time as this because this is your time that God has placed you where you are, that God has placed people in your life right now for such a time as this. And here was Esther in the place that she was against all circumstances. What could she do? A young Jewish girl? What could she do? She could save a people. She could save a people. God could work through her to do something mighty if she would be obedient to God in such a time as this. Some of you are saying today, but I'm not in any position like that. I'm not the leader of anything important. I'm not the president or the wife of a president. I don't have any important position. But look, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how old you are. We say, I'm not old enough to make a difference for the kingdom of God. You say, I'm too old to make a difference for the kingdom of God. You say, I'm not smart enough to make a difference for the kingdom of God. I don't have enough time to make a difference for the kingdom of God. I don't have enough money to make a difference in the kingdom of God. I've got too much sin in my life to make a difference in the kingdom of God. Well, that's not true. If you need a little reassurance that that's not true, you read Hebrews chapter 11. And you read about those people that are called heroes of faith. And you go find their stories in the Bible. And what you find out is they were a bunch of people that weren't good for anything. You look at the disciples that Jesus picked. They wasn't nothing special. But there was something about these group of people in Hebrews 11. And there was something about these people that Jesus picked. It didn't matter what walk of life they were from. 
how tall they were, how short they were, how rich they were, how poor they were. It didn't matter. But there was something about these people. And that is they trusted God. They had faith in God. They wanted to serve God. And they said, God, I'm willing to do what you call me to do. Did they fail? Yep. But they're not defined by their failures. We're not celebrating them because they failed. We're celebrating them because they repented, because they turned to the Lord, because they listened to the Lord, because they trusted the Lord. And what did God do through them? Mighty, mighty works. And you know what? He wants to do it through you too. You say, no, he don't want to do it through me. Yes, he does. There is not a follower of, of, of Jesus Christ that God cannot use for his kingdom. Now, I don't know what you got going on in your life. I don't know if you're young or old. I don't know if you're in school and work, retired. I don't know how smart you are. I don't know how rich or poor you are. And it does not make a difference. Because I can tell you that God can use you. And wherever you are and whatever opportunities are in front of you and whatever people are in front of you, perhaps our prayer today needs to be, God, have you brought me here for such a time as this? And God, if you have, what will you have me to do in this time? And God, if it's tough, give me the strength to do it. Let me follow the example of Jesus Christ who took a tough task and said, I will come and I will give my life on the cross so that sinners can be forgiven, so that we can have hope to be delivered. That's our hope today, brothers and sisters. That's our hope today. If you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ, it's to come to Him and repent. Who knows? He may just forgive you. I know. He will forgive you because the Bible says if you, are, if you come to Him and repent and confess your sins, He's faithful to forgive you. And so that's the example that we follow, that we be more like Jesus, that we be more like Esther, that we say, here's my time. God, here's my opportunity. God, help me to serve you at such a time as this. Let's pray. God, we come to you. This is good stuff, dear Lord. It's stuff that we need to hear and we need to live by. And so, God, I don't know where anybody is in this room, but you do. You know their hearts. You know how you can use them. And so, God, if you've put somebody at some place at just the right time to serve you, I pray that, that we would be obedient serving you. God, maybe today is the day. God, maybe you have brought somebody into this building on March the 6th, 2022, because today is the day that you're convicting them and that you're tugging on their heart, dear Lord, and you're letting them know that, look, they need to repent of their sins and put their faith in Jesus. Maybe today is the day for the first time that they acknowledge that Jesus is your son and he died on the cross so that they could be forgiven. And so, God, for such a time as this, for some in this room maybe to put their faith in Jesus today, and I pray that right now in their heart that they would just open their heart up to you and repent. I ask you to forgive them of their sinfulness, dear Lord, and Put their faith in Jesus to follow Him and serve Him, dear Lord, and live for Him the rest of their life. God, maybe there are others in here that they are already yours and they're walking with you. And maybe they've missed some opportunities, God. We do. We, we, we've probably all missed some opportunities. But I pray that you forgive us of that, that we give those to you. You don't, you don't let the devil bring shame and guilt and, and 
and keep us down, dear Lord. We can't change the opportunities we miss. But God, help us to see our current and future opportunities. God, maybe there's somebody in here right now today and they just, they just feel, they, just, they know that you're calling them to do something and they know what it is. They know that person they need to talk to or go see. They know that thing they need to do, that way that they need to step up and serve you. And if, if that's the case, dear Lord, and they realize that, that you have prepared them for this time, for this task, I pray that they'd be obedient to carry it out. God, I pray for us as a church that whatever task you call us to, that God, we'd see them, we'd see those opportunities, and we'd act on them. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.